Welcome back to the Stick 'Em Up podcast. Brundy, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic. Yourself? Good. Really good. That's uh, good. Especially after the big, uh, big uh, extension. The only big extension that's happened in the past few days. But we'll we'll get to that in just a bit here. Uh, we're going to be doing things a little bit differently for uh, the next couple episodes. We're going to be covering every single team in the NHL, broken down by division, and going over how they did last year, how some of the things they've done the off season, and what we think they're going to do in the next season. And this episode will be starting with the Atlantic division, since there's been so much smoke around it recently. Yeah. This, uh, this is only one day off of the Austin Matthews extension, so once we get to Toronto, we'll talk about that. But uh, I guess let's just jump right in here and talk about the Boston Bruins first. The bees, yeah. Um, where do you want to start with them? I want to start with. I mean, there's just like we don't really need to to go, you know, too in depth. I don't think about uh, last like last year for them. You know, we kind of know what they what they did, what happened, how it ended. Um, yeah, absolutely incredible season. It's it's hard to imagine a team like this dropping too insanely far but not only do they have to come back down to earth after a season like that like there's no way they can reproduce that but yeah they also had massive losses in the retirement of David Krejci and Patrice Bergeron yeah they got some some big holes to fill now on that that roster yeah and it's like you said any team that you know does that good um throughout the regular season whatnot obviously has to you know come back down to earth next season. They're not going to be able to do that two years in a row. And not only that, now, you know, with a lot of the um, subtractions they got there, it's, it, it puts them in a weird spot. I, I don't know how to feel about the Bruins going into next year. Yeah, like, uh, they lost, uh, the, obviously, their two big centers, as I just said, but also uh, Tyler Bertuzzi uh, left in free agency. Uh, they traded uh, Taylor Hall. Orlov went to Carolina. Orlov left. Like those are, those are five pretty substantial losses. Yeah. And now, here's the fun part. So, so they've, they've got all those losses, right? Here's who they've replaced them with. Kevin Shattenkirk. I, li- I like him. He's that's a good, uh, a good two way. You know, he's a uh, got a good scoring touch for a depth defenseman. James Van Riemsdyk. It's not bad at all. And Milan Lucic. What did uh what they sign him to? Because he's a one year, one million dollars. That's with a no movement clause. Oh yeah, you know he he wants to go nowhere. Feel bad for him though. He comes back to Boston. That's right when Bergeron and Krejci live. I bet he would have loved to play one more one more season with all those boys in yeah. Boston. But he he tough probably tug. knew he probably knew before the public knew that uh, Bergeron was done. Yeah. Um, I mean, like the, the the star power is still there for them. Um, you know, Pasternak up front with Marshand. Uh, on the back end, you still got Charlie McAvoy and Hampus Lindholm. So, like the the top guys are there. It's more a question for me. It's the depth of this team, and the biggest thing is is their center um, core. Because right now, just kind of looking at their team at first glance, you know, if you're rolling with the 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 group of Charlie Coyle, Pavel Zaka, then Morgan Geeky, 
And then whether you go with uh, Jesper Boquist or Patrick Brown, like that's uh, and 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 you know what, arguably, you know what people can call one of the most important positions on the team. It, it, it's a it's a struggle for them. Yeah, and so that's, I'm that's tough. You know, I'm almost wondering if they roll with something where. Like, do you split up a Pasternak and Marshan? Have one on line one, one on line two to kind of help balance out that that issues with the centers. But then, you know, you're, you're rolling with a pretty weak left winger on your first line, or relative to that position at least. Because, you know, kind of just looking at their team, it'd probably be a, a Jake DeBrusque or maybe even a Trent Frederick, and those just aren't first line guys. No. So, overall, I'm... I'm curious to see how this team does. I'm curious to see what Linus Allmark and Jeremy Swayman can do. Are they going to you know, put up the fantastic numbers they did last year on that great Bruins team? Are they going to come back down to earth like the rest of the team will and you know, put up serviceable numbers? Or are they going to be bad numbers? It's There's a lot to look at here. And obviously there is a lot of prospects within the Bruins that could make the team. There's none that I'm super high on that I think are going to be like, oh, they're they're going to make the team and immediately be uh, a 40-plus point guy, yeah, so to speak, unless someone really just steps up and proves me wrong. Um, I'm just not sure, sure how I feel about the Bruins yet for next year, but we are going to, as we go through each team... Uh, we're gonna list. We're gonna say where where we have them ranked, finishing in the division. Okay, so as each team comes, you wanna you wanna say where you have them in. Yeah, the, we'll just slot them right in as we go on the fly. Um, do you have anything else to kind of add about the Bruins before we uh, up in the next team? Not really. Yeah, it's you just kind of have to wait and see. You know, they did so incredibly good and then lost mm-hmm. so much, but a lot of that team is still there. Yeah. So it, uh, especially that tandem in net like when you have a a goalie that's the caliber of Jeremy Swayman as your backup it's uh, that can really help you steal some games so it's hard to tell yeah for sure for sure all right I I, I want you to go first for your uh for your prediction of where they are in the standings because uh, okay I think I think yours is probably going to be Higher or lower than yours? Uh, I imagine it'll be higher. Higher, okay. I, I think yours will be a lot closer to what most people would think. Okay. So I don't have the Bruins in one. Okay. I don't have sense. them in two. I would say that still makes sense. I don't have them in three. He doesn't have them in three. I don't have them in four. He doesn't have them at four. I have them at five. I also have the Boston Bruins at number five. You have them at five too? Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Um, that one was honestly probably the toughest to put in here. I I can really, like, as much as I kind of just sat here and dogged on the Bruins, which is well-deserved, I could <laughs> easily, like, you could easily have them up in the four or down to the six based on the teams I got in there. Like, those teams, four, five, and six for me, can intertwine in any way, shape, or form. Um... I think the biggest thing for me between those teams, and we'll get to those other two teams as we get there, is the goaltending. All yeah. three of those teams, I'm just very weary on on their goaltending going into next year, and so that's kind of why I'm... I kind of flip-flopped around between them, but I did land with the Bruins at five. Now, 
because they're in five, do you have them in a wild card spot? I do not. You don't? No. I do. You do? No, I don't. Fuck no. Oh, okay. Fifth team in the Atlantic is not making the playoffs. The Bruins yeah. are missing the playoffs. But we said yeah. that last year. Yeah, I, I how had, wrong we were. I had five dollars on it last year, and uh, I did not make back my five dollars. Definitely did not. <laughs> they they started the year. How did they put up the season they did starting the year without Marchand or McAvoy? Yeah, that is so goofy. Nuts, nuts. Um, all right, moving on to the Buffalo Sabers. The Buffalo Sabers. The Buffalo Sabers. The team that ev- I think everybody's kind of rooting for this year. Um, if you're a Sabres fan, I mean, it's just like, that's just like, you're a real big fan of hockey. Like, yeah. to have not, it, it's a, it's very similar to like Arizona Coyotes fans. It's like, man, you're just like a different, you're just built different. If you, if you can, uh, over the past 10 years, just still be rooting for this team. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, you, like, you're just, you're rooting for the fans more than anything because... <laughs> they deserve to see something. Yeah. And they're finally seeing something for the first time in quite a while in Buffalo. Oh, yeah. Things are things are looking good. They're putting together a good team. Got their cap friendly up here. They are missing a fifth rounder next year. Uh, and that is all the draft picks that they are missing. Uh, they've also got an extra fourth and extra seventh in 2025. So, like, they're... And, and so I, they haven't had to mortgage the future to build what they have either. And that's what I was going to say. And they've also got almost just under $9 million in cap space to work with. So in my opinion, they've already got a pretty good roster put together. But now you've got those those picks and those that just loaded prospect pool they have. So you've got lots of pieces to go out and, and, and get a, a big-name player if one becomes available. And they've got the cap space to do it. Like they're they're in a good spot right now, I think, going into um, next season. Yeah, I think they got they got a lot of good players on cheaper contracts. Quite a few of them are going for a long time too. Yeah, you know, Tage Thompson is locked up till like at least twenty twenty nine. Him and yeah, him and Cousins both have um, seven year extensions that that just kicked in. Yeah, at seven point one four. Like, what a steal for a guy like Tage Thompson. And then even Dylan Cousins at 7.1. I almost feel like for Tage Thompson, right? I feel like he could have easily gotten more. But, I mean, dude's a stand-up guy. We know this. Um, And I really do believe the reason his number is so low is I think that's part of his way of giving back to the Sabres. Um, Just because they, I mean, he was, like, his career was kind of just almost over in St. Louis. It didn't start out great in Buffalo, but they kept working with them. They kept pushing them. They got him finally on the team and uh, in the back in the center position, which suits him. And he's just taken off. And I think, you know what, for a guy who three years ago, say around three years ago, thought his career was over to now be offered over $7 million for, for seven years. Like yeah. that, that's just got to mean the world to him um and but i really do like what what they've got going on with their contracts even i mean i mean it's coming over from vegas but alex tuck you know at 4.75 for the next three years is also a really good one that's a that's a great contract and then 
you know, even they've got a couple of, you know, not horrible contracts, but they've got a couple that uh, after this year will be up that will give them even more cap space, you know, uh, two and a half mil for Kyle Ocposo. He's not going anywhere. Two million for Tyson Jost, like. At the very least, I don't see either of those guys getting a raise no. if they do keep him around. Kyla so I think they're going to be saving a bit of money on those, whether they move on or resign them. Kyla Poso is on the Joe Thornton train now. He's at a point in his career now, right, where he can't he can't go anywhere and sign a three four year deal. Like he can't. Yeah. He's a third fourth line guy. Maybe get some power play time here and there. Maybe. Um, 35 years old. And it's just it's just going to be sign a one-year with the team, and then next offseason just signs another one. And I think he just keeps doing that as long as the relationship is good between him and Buffalo because he is their captain. Um, I, I mean, unless Buffalo is really just doing bad next year, and Oposo's like, man, I really want to chase a cup. Um, you know, maybe then they trade him. If, if both sides agree to it type of thing. But I yeah. see him sticking around long-term. But, like, I really like the look of, of this team. Even on the back end, Rasmus Dahlin, you've got Owen Power now, who's got a full year of um, NHL play under his belt. You know, you've got, uh, what's his name, Devin Levi, who looked really good last year, is probably going to, I think, in my opinion, win the starting job. Yeah, and not, not to mention... Uko Pekalukinen is, uh, he looks to be really good too. So they've got two potentially really good goalies, at the very least guys that look like they could be starters in the NHL. So that yeah. looks good. You know, Jack Jack Quinn looks like he's ready to take that next step Yeah, pretty soon. Casey uh, Middlestap really found his stride in the league last year. I'm curious to see if he can... Uh, put it together again next season. Yeah, Peyton Krebs, JJ Paterka, like they got a lot of guys who only they all seem like they're going to get better if they can all take even a half step together. From considering what they did last year, they're going to be a force. Now think of this: all those all those great young players you just named. They've also got Isaac Rosen, Matthew Savoie, Noah Osterlund, Yuri Kulich, and Zach Benson. Like, That's five really high-end four prospects they have, all twenty or younger. Like, and 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 even then, you could easily use a. Fuck, I mean, for the right price, like you could do an Isaac Rosen in a third or a second or something, and you could get like a good player at the deadline or something. Like, there is options for Buffalo to even improve their roster without taking away from guys currently on the team. Next year, so. And they've got the cap space. I'm I'm high on the Sabers. So yeah, um, they they look like they're going to be a force. And they were they were really high in league scoring. I know it. I don't know if they finished the league there, but I know at one point they were like third in the league. At one point they were number one scored. Number one. Yeah. At one point. Yeah. Like it was nuts. If so, all they need to do is shore up that defense a bit. Yeah. And like we said, with two young goalies coming up that look really good, and I think Dalian is really hitting his peak as well. Yeah, like he he looked good when he first came in. Like he it was never like, why was this guy a first overall pick? But he, he kind of hit that thing that Aaron Eckblad hit uh, two years ago or so, where he, it really just started to click. Like the the defensive game was already there and strong and sound, but now he's getting that offense in. He's getting those points. He's chipping and he can f- properly run a power play. Like it's all just clicking for him, and so I think he's going to take even that next step. 
yeah. next year and is he's really going to be the backbone. He's going to take that team. step from being like a like an elite defense to like a almost Norris caliber level yeah. defenseman. All right. Do you want me to go first again where I have the Sabres? Uh, maybe I'll go first. We'll uh, we'll rotate. Okay. Each one. Uh, so for Buffalo, I have them making the playoffs oh! in third. Me too. I have the Sabres in third making the playoffs. I'm oh. high on Buffalo. I'm yeah. very high on Buffalo. Actually... Fun fact for those who don't know, the very first team I started liking in the NHL was the Buffalo Sabres. Oh, really? Yeah. Fun fact. Um, I can't remember. I think I was at like a... What, what, what is it in the mall? It's like a sports store. Um, Jersey City. That's oh, yeah. what it is. And I was there one time, and they had a really sick like Buffalo Sabres mini stick, and I was like, this is my team. Oh, and let's go. so then I... I, I just started liking Buffalo. I was like, these are my boys. Do you remember the logo they had? They, at the time, yeah, they were using the fucking slug. There was a Buffa slug? And it looked so sick on a mini stick. Dude, I don't care what people say. I love that logo. I know a lot of people say they dislike it, especially because the Sabres have had other really good logos. Like the... Like their current one is solid. Like the, the Buffalo with the two swords. The the Buffalo head, the like uh, red, red and yeah. white one. That one's super good. But They've had I, very good logos. I really like the slug. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So that that so that so the Sabers have always just really um, had a special place in my heart. Cause it's like you know that was the first team I actually started rooting for. But I mean, I couldn't really comprehend life itself at the time. Let's be real. Um, All you knew was the mini stick. Yeah, but I will say I am glad I didn't stick to that road. Although, yeah. I mean, is it that much better being a Sharks fan? Realistically. I don't know. You know what? If you asked a Sabres fan, they'd probably tell you it is. Yeah. Um, it's been a rough 10 years. All right. So we both do have the Buffalo Sabres at number three in the Atlantic, making the playoffs. Moving on. The Detroit Red Wings. The Steve Yeiser plan going on there. How are we feeling about them? I'm uh, start, starting to hear a couple people question the Yeiser plan. You know, you haven't, I haven't really seen that since he got there, at least from, you know, from Red Wings fans. Oh, I was just saying I'm on board with you're with, on with questioning with question, the Yeah, plan. Yeah. I I've seen at a people, certain point, like I've seen people actually be like rip it down. Tear it down, start fresh on the rebuild, and um going to your next talking point here, I'm just gonna pull it up here. Yeah, so they uh they got where I want to start. I want to start net first. So they got Vili Husso and James Reimer in net. James Reimer, Reimer that, Minister of Defense, by the way. We got uh, those two in net. That's that's a pretty solid tandem. You know, James Reimer has always kind of thrived being a, a a bit of an overutilized backup. You know, a backup that plays thirty-ish games a year. I think that's a perfect spot for him. And Vili Husso is great you know it's been a bit tougher it for him in detroit than it was before in st louis but i think he's i think he's going to be a, a really good goaltender there for quite a while uh they got they got a couple good guys they got they have a lot of middle six forwards and they don't have a ton of absolutely elite talent they have they have a lot of those guys that are like fringe elite. 
you know, the uh, the Alex Debrinkit, the the Dylan Larkins, who are I would argue are elite, but you know, they're not they're not the Austin Matthews, they're not the Nikita Kucherov, the yeah. guy, the guys who can really drive the boat and get you there in the yeah. in the playoffs. Like that, like that, that those are the two guys they're relying on to carry a team to a cup, and that yeah. that's not a. Like you said, it's it's not a fucking Bergeron and Marchand. It's not a Taves and Kane. It's and, and and I know it's not fair to compare those guys to them, but what we're seeing in the NHL realistically, you need that dynamic duo to win you a cup. Like the only yeah. exception, I would say you can make the argument is Vegas, but even still, you still saw like the the Eichel and Marsh kind of yeah. duo thing, and I just I I mean. I could be proven wrong, and I would like to, because I do like Detroit, but I just really don't see Larkin and Debrinkit being that that duo that can yeah. single-handedly, on their back, win the game for a team and whatnot. I think if Lucas Raymond could take that next step, he might he he could be one of those guys. Um, given what we saw in his rookie year, I think he definitely has the potential. If he gets there, I mean, that's that remains to be seen, but... If uh, if Larkin can get keep getting better because he's only improved <clears throat> since he's got to the NHL, and if Raymond can take that next step, you know, uh, Mo Sider, if he can keep getting better, then uh, they might have a chance. But it's it's not looking great for them at the moment. Yeah. they they look like one of those teams that's too good to get an incredible pick, not good enough to make the playoffs. They're picking. 12th every year and it's not changing the franchise yeah so so I, i've pulled it up here now um to go back on on just kind of why i i'm just kind of questioning the geyser plan a bit is just this so i'm going to exclude 2023 2022 and 2021 just because a lot of those guys really haven't played in the nhl much or anything so it's just too early to tell with with those ones i always do go back three years and you, and you can't make any judgment yet. You got to let it ride its course. Look at Tage Thompson. Yeah. But like 2020, Lucas Raymond was their first round pick, fourth overall. I think Raymond's a good player, and I think he will have a bounce back year. That is a tough call at fourth overall. Is it? Yeah. The year before, Marie Sider, sixth overall. I'm okay with that. I've, yeah. I've got no issues there. But this is where it gets bad now. This is where we hit like the, the rock bottom for Detroit. Yeah. Philip Zadina in 2018, six overall, yeah, not tough. on the team anymore. Joe Valeno, 30th overall. A lot of people thought that was going to be a steal. He just signed a one-year like league minimum deal. Michael Rasmussen really hasn't done anything. He was ninth overall in 2017. Yeah. And then in 2016, Dennis Chelowski, uh 20th overall. Oof. Played a little bit with Detroit. He's now with the Islanders. And then 2015, 19th overall, Evgeny Svechnikov. Played with San Jose last year. He just signed over in Russia. So you look at 2015 all the way through for, for how many drafts is that? One, two, three, four. Four years in a row, you've had a first round pick and none have panned out. Yeah, That's the issue for Detroit. And that's why they're at the spot. If, because I mean, they had the double uh, first round pick one year, so five. Say three of them pan out and become actual good NHL players, like a first round pick usually should be. 
that instantly puts him so much higher on my list. Yeah. But there's so many holes now that those guys should be filling that they're not. Yeah. And so and that so that's my biggest issue with the Red Wings. I think they're a serviceable team. We already I've already gone into depth on how I feel about their their log jam at center and their defense. I'm just not loving it. I am not I am not McDonald's loving it. Yeah, I uh I think it might be a little bit low low on uh Lucas Raymond, I think. I'm, it's not I that think, I'm low on him. I think I think fourth overall uh, for a guy that I think the the skill he has potentially has is worth it at least so far. No, uh, I I agree, but, but it's if, he's not gonna he's not gonna carry the franchise yeah. to the promised land on his own. It's just like if he sticks around that forty five to fifty point mark he's put up so far, that's a rough look for a fourth overall pick, yeah. in my opinion. But I do yeah. expect him. That, to that's me expecting back. him to to get better. I expect him in a few years to be a very consistent seventy five plus point guy. Yeah, and I and, and we'll I do think I do think he will bounce back. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I like the addition of of bringing in like Clint Cost and Daniel Sprong if he plays. Um, you know, Debrinkit was solid comfort again that one just is still to me so bizarre you know what? it's that one's making a lot more sense to me than it did before now that i'm looking at their cap friendly i'm looking at their cap friendly they got like six seven or eight forwards in a row that are listed as right wing left wing they've got like no centermen they kind of need somebody to play in the dot well they've got i mean i'm assuming valeno now that he signed will fill that fourth um he'll be on the fourth the fourth I think Larkin, well, Larkin's obviously the number Larkin's one. Larkin's the 1C, and it's got to be Comfer and Robbie Fabry 2-3, right? I, I mean, I would still have Andrew Kopp at center. I like him more as a center, in my opinion. But I mean, anything can happen. Like, for all we know, Robbie Fabry could end up on, on the wing, and then you roll with Comfer and Kopp, and I think that's still a very solid 1-2 punch for your center on the penalty kill. Yeah. Um, I just see a lot of repetition like you've got a, a Ben Sherratt and a Justin Hall on defense virtually the same player one's just left-handed one's right-handed yeah. um you've got Jeff Petrie and Shane Goss virtually the same player one's just left-handed one's right-handed like I it, it's just like they're not it's just a lot of the same type of players that aren't super special like yeah. they're good they're good players but it's not like a you know, where you've got like, okay, we've got a, a Crosby and a Malkin type thing. Like they're virtually the same player, but it's like a, a thing of their own. It's just, it's I, it feels like those guys are just to um, fill the void. For it now, really does feel like they're thing. just, they're picking up good NHL players who round out a roster. Yeah. But yeah, they have, they have a lot of guys that are top top four ish but no guys that are solidly like yes this this guy could easily be on a second pair or possibly the first with cider on a cup winning team yeah like other than cider none of these guys deserve to be on a first pair really like jake wallman's good but and he pairs very well with cider so i imagine he will be on that first line but i don't think I think you usually want a guy with a bit more skill on your first. Yeah. On your first line. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's really all I got to say about the Red Wings. Should we jump into, into where we got him here? Yeah. All right. I have the Detroit Red Wings. I'm wondering if we're going to have the same the same rankings all the way through. I have them missing the playoffs. No. So they're not one, two, three, four, five. Wow. They're not six. I have them at seven. I also have Detroit at seven. You have them at seven, too. Let's we, go. We're three for three. I think we're, we're going to have the three. exact same list, except I feel like... I feel like one and two. One and two are going to be different, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um... But good luck to Detroit um, on the upcoming season. I am rooting for them. I'm not high on them, but I am still rooting for them. Yeah, D- Dylan Larkin kind of proved me wrong a little bit last year. I thought he was a, you know, a fringe first line guy. I think he's solidly a top line guy. I'd be I'd be more than happy to see him prove me wrong again. You know, if he wants to show he's that number one center that can carry a team, like. Do it, man. You know, I'm yeah. just some dude in the basement. Yeah. All right. The Florida Panthers. The Florida Panthers. Projected cap space zero. Yeah. They're, they're, they're right there. They're right there on the cap. Oh, that's a lot of grayed out picks. Yeah. They've they put themselves in a tough spot. They got a couple of fifth rounders in the next few years, so that's good. Yeah. A couple fours, like... Um, I don't know. I don't know how to feel. It's, it's always tough because a team that just made the cup final, you want to be high on them going into next season. But the problem is, is we shouldn't have been high on the Panthers to begin with last year. Like them making the cup final was an incredible run, but I don't think that holds any merit now going into next season. Especially also when you know that Aaron Eckblad and Brandon Montour, their top two defensemen, are both on uh, LTIR. I'm not really sure exactly when they're going to return. Um, so, that, that's, so that's a big issue for them. Yeah. That's a whole. Matthew Kachuk also uh, very injured right now. I think he has, what was it, a broken sternum or something yeah. like that? It sounds like Kachuk a- is going to be good to go at the start of the season, though. Oh, he is? It sounds like he I thought he, he was going to miss a month or two. But, like, I, I I really don't mind their forward core they still have. Even minus um, Anthony Duclair, like, Barkov and Kachuk and Verhage. You know, you could roll for a first line, second line. That's a, a great first line. A Sam Bennett, a Sam Reinhardt, who I think is one of the most underrated players in the league. With, like, uh, Evan Rodriguez. Third line, Luce and Cousins, and Lundell probably. And they could go with Ryan Lomberg, Stenland, and Lawrence. Like that's a, That to me is actually a very, that's very a, good forward group. That's a great forward That's a forward. very good forward group. It's the defense that's worrisome. Only because Ekblad and Montour are out. Assuming, I'm going to just do it based on assuming they return, say, 15 to 20 games in. Yeah. So you've got... Ekblad and Montour, um, both right-handed guys. So then on the left, you can go with uh, Gustav Forzing and then uh, Oliver ekman Larson, who, th- who I think was a good signing for them. Yeah. So once those two come back, that's a pretty solid top four. And then, and then you can roll with uh, Mike Riley and then Nico Mikola on, on your bottom pair or something. Like, they've got lots of options. Yeah. The issue for me, and this has been a big thing I've had against the... The, the Florida Panthers. They're goaltending. 
You don't believe in Sergei Bobrovsky? It's not that I don't believe in Bobrovsky. It's the fact that the Florida Panthers between Sergei Bobrovsky, I'm assuming Spencer Knight comes back, so Anthony Stollers is either traded somewhere to a team or sent to the minors. I would like to see him get traded because I don't want to see him in the minors. Mm-hmm. Assuming that Spencer Knight comes back fully healthy, mind-focused on hockey and ready to play. Between Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight, the Florida Panthers are paying their two goalies $14.5 million. Yeah. That is a lot of money to tie up into two goalies um, when that money could be put towards bolstering your, your top six on defense. Yeah. Or adding a adding a, top a really defense. good third-line center or something. They could have they like, could have re-signed Radko Gudas for that money. Yeah. They could have kept Anthony Duclair. Yeah. Like, they... Both of those would be great selections to keep around. Yeah. Like, it's... That's that's tough to be paying them that much. So, I'm... While I don't... I'm not crazy about, like... A very solid goaltending tandem, though. Like, I will give them that. But it's just there's so much money on that on the table there with them that could be used to improve the team elsewhere. Yeah. And but I know, do like the look of their team still, all things considered. Yeah, and they, they got to go for it this year because I'm looking at their team. There's a lot of ones on here for yeah. years remaining. Sam Reinhart, one year. UFA. Nick Cousins, one year. Lorenz. Kevin Stenland. Anton Lundell. Ryan Lomberg. All of their defensemen, except for Aaron Ekblad with two years and Nico Mikola with three, all of them are one year. Yeah. Like their entire defensive core, other than two guys, next season are not under contract. Some of them are RFAs, but yeah, there's a lot of guys that you'll need to pay. I, I view it for the Florida Panthers. It's this year bust for them. Yeah. I really feel like they go for this because in my honest opinion... I don't think they're going to... Well, I mean, I don't see Sam Reinhart being on the team at the start of next year. I think he gets traded at some point in the signing trade or he just leaves in free agency. I just, I don't see... He can command so much more money than what the Florida Panthers are going to be able to pay him. Yeah, and I... And that's a big that's a big hole that he's going to leave on that team because, like I said, that's a he big is, spot in, the top six. in my opinion, one of the... He's in my top two for most underrated players in the league. Yeah, they. Um, I think a lot of people underestimated them last year. I know a lot of people were like, really, the Florida Panthers, how are they going on this run? And it was an improbable run just because of who they played against. But like, if you told me before the playoffs that the Panthers being the finals, I wouldn't be shocked. Like... They're only, what, two years out from the President's Trophy? Yeah, exactly. Like, they they have been really good in the past three years. I'm surprised people were so down on them last year. Like, I guess, you know, they barely made the playoffs. They definitely weren't playing as well. Yeah. But uh, I, I think this team definitely has the potential to be a real cup contender if they can pull everything together and... You know, make a real push out of it. You know, they get lucky with the goaltending. You know, Bobrovsky for a $10 million goalie is a real gamble. Um, yeah, they get Spencer Knight back. That I think it could happen, but uh, a, lo- a couple of things need to fall in place pretty well for them. Yeah. Um, all right. The big question, where do you have the Florida Panthers finishing in the division? In the division, I have them 
in fourth. Fourth. That's where I got him. Number Making four. Making the playoffs. Ooh. I don't. You have them in fourth missing out on the playoffs. I do. I, I have I do. them in fourth making the playoffs. I've got the right. four and four split. Okay. Yeah, no, I, was, I think they're. I think it's going to be very similar to last year. I think they're right in the fight right up till the end. But I think, I mean, like, like, let's, let's think about it this way. If Chicago didn't beat Pittsburgh at the end of the season, Pittsburgh would have been in the playoffs. I think Florida's going to find themselves in a spot like that again. Um, just due to, I think they get off to a little bit of a slower start without Ekblad and Montour. And I think that inevitably comes back to haunt them at the end of the year. Right. And so I see them fighting tooth and nail right till the end of the season. But I do see them coming up just short of that uh, that final wildcard yeah. spot. I think, I think I know exactly which team you have in the playoffs that I don't in the Metro. But we'll, uh, we'll get to that in the next one. The Montreal Canadiens up next. Oh, boy. Projected cap space, zero. How is that possible? A lot of draft picks, though, in the next couple of years for them. They've, they've got a good good stash of picks stocked up. Yeah, they got a, they got a lot of them. How do they have three seventh-round picks? It looks like a <laughs> franchise mode. Um, I mean, I mean what, what do we say about They're rebuilding. Them? Yeah. Like, like it's, if we're trying to talk about what they did last year and next year, it... It doesn't really matter where they finished specifically. Like, it was low because they're rebuilding. Yeah. Like, they've still got the great um, pieces in place up front with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. Um, Kirby Dock looked good last year. Curious how Alex Newhook does. Um, you know, I'm, I'm almost starting to wonder if this is maybe becoming the, the end for Brendan Gallagher in Montreal. I am wondering if, you know, I know he loves it there and whatnot, but I'm almost wondering if, you know, the two sides talk out and it's like, you know, the Canadians are rebuilding. They're ready to move on from some guys and get younger. Gallagher probably wants to have another run at a cup. Um, so that that one's a very interesting one for me. Josh Anderson, his name's been thrown around in trade rumors. I wonder if they Dvorak can has, even move Gallagher. That one, that one would be a tough sell. He's got a, mo- he's got a modified no trade clause, and then a no, a no movement clause. I'm not sure when that kicks in here, but it's got to be pretty quick. Probably I think the next it's already in two. effect. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense if it kicks in in the last four years. The no movement, like, and even if he agrees to go somewhere, six point five million for four years. Yeah. Is a like, tough is a tough that, contract. That's tough. Like you don't want to retain, but like even if you retain the full fifty percent and you retain just over three million, three point two five, would you if you're on you I know would, I would. For yeah? I would I would, I would take Gallagher team? in a heartbeat of that amount. Because he, he is such a he's a good player, but he's also just a a gritty player. He gets in those dirty areas, he gets the team riled up and going like he, in my opinion, should be the captain of the Canadians, and it bugs me that he didn't get that opportunity. It it makes sense. Nick just Suzuki because, makes sense because Gallagher would be a bridge captain to Suzuki or Caulfield. It I makes sense that you just it. want to get the C on I the guy when you can. Yeah, and I mean, really, the thing to say about the Canadians is they're not going to be good next year. They're going to be bad. Yeah, but they are doing the whole rebuild thing right. Yeah, there is. Uh, 
there is a incredible difference between being bad on purpose and being bad not on purpose. Yeah. And they're they're bad on purpose because that's what they're they want to do for the next two years. Build up, you know, all those draft picks we were talking about. They're gonna build it up. They're gonna make a couple more picks, you know. They're gonna get a couple seasons under Cole Caulfield's belt. They're gonna get your Slavkovsky, yeah, Jack guy coming back from injury. They're gonna get all these guys a little, uh, little seasoned. Maybe Carl Alsner <laughs> comes back. Oh no, he's not injured. He's bought out. That's yeah, that's rough for him. He's been bought out for time. For time. Yeah, they uh, get some of these guys uh, seasoned, and they'll be ready to go in two to three. Yeah, really, the biggest thing for me is I just want to see Savkovsky and Caulfield both have a, a full, at least. 70 plus game season stay healthy yeah. really get their their nose in there and and, and they find their game um you know if, if like and if they get injured again like their injury concerns starting to become an issue for you know two of the big three there for for montreal's future um i just i really like how, how they're doing their rebuild it's just i'm not i'm not crazy on them um i really don't have much more to say on them yeah like it's you know everybody kind of knows the situation with them and i know in a few years we're gonna have so much to talk yeah, about with the Canadians. yeah that's why it's easy for teams that are correctly rebuilding to say that we don't have much to say because we're going to be talking about them a lot in a couple of years exactly you know right. uh, a team like philly it's like what is there to say and is there going to be something to say in a while yeah the way the canadians are looking like they're going we're going to be talking about him a lot in four years. I will say with the Canadians, though, I am very excited for Caden Gooley next year um, mm-hmm. to see what he can do. I think he played really good last year. He had a, you know, I think he got an injury kind of for a little bit midway through the season. Um, but I, I think he's going to be such an instrumental part of that team in the future. Um, so really high hopes for him to, to bounce back strong next year and, and continue on the path. It wasn't the same with New Hook, just... You know, new team now. He wanted to go really to Montreal. Um, I really hope that trade pans out for him. Kirby Doc's just going to keep keep rising. Joel Armia, just a, a great locker room guy. Great energy player. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited for the future. I really am. Yeah. And uh, Jake Allen's been a solid starter for them. He since has that been. role's been put on him. Sam Montembeau looks good. And uh, I've heard in the last few days, it sounds like they're already shopping Casey DeSmith around to a couple of teams. Yeah. So yeah, and they've already moved out Jeff Petrie. So the Smith will will be next. Don't know where he'll go, but I think he will be moved sometime before the season. Yeah. Um. Really, let's just rip the bandaid off. On the count of three, where do we have the Canadians? Three, two, one, eight. eight. Yeah. Yeah. Eight. And, that, and that's not fair making for them. the playoffs. In eight. Not making the playoffs. In eight. Not not stretching a wild card spot down to number eight. Yeah. Next up. The Ottawa Senators. What do we think about the Sens? What are we feeling? They're like the first team we've looked at that has any projected cap space. It's less yeah. than a mil, but it's some. Oh, so the I Sabres had quite a bit. Good for them. Oh, the Sabres had a bunch. Um, two first, two first round picks this upcoming year. One from Detroit, which could be interesting, because. We both have them outside the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, they got three fourth-round picks this year. It's going to be a 
big fourth round for them. But uh, as far as the current team goes, they they're looking good. They they've had just enough injury issues in the past couple seasons that we haven't seen their full potential. But uh, hopefully, all of them can keep it together. You know, hopefully, Tarasenko takes to the system well. Uh, Tim Stutzel only gets better every year. Brady Kachuk is looking like that, a true first-line power forward. Uh, Claude Giroux's been great for them. Batherson, Matthew Joseph even in the middle six, bottom six. Like, they've they've got a pretty decent forward core, you know, Shane Pinto. They they got some guys there. Yeah. Um... I didn't even mention Josh Norris because he's all the way down on the injured reserve, like I was saying. Yeah. The Senators are a weird team for me. Because, like, there's no doubt that, I mean, actually, no. The more I look at them, like, I think the issue for them is just what is this defense going to do? Like, I, I do agree. I think the forward core is, is awesome. You run with um, a, like, but that now here's the issue, though. So do you go with Stutzla? Kachuk and say Tarasenko and then you go with Giroux, Batherson and Norris that's a pretty good top six in my opinion yeah and then Joseph Kubelik and Shane Pinto probably and then that's a pretty decent third line uh fourth line of probably Zach McEwen Soklov and Mark Kastelik former hitmen love them like that that is a good forward core I, I, I'm actually, I don't know if I would say it's as great as Florida's. I think it's very close. I think it's just yeah. the depth I think the de- is where Florida maybe gets the advantage. That, that fourth line is tough. It is that, your that's fourth, an energy fourth line. That, that's it, like an Islanders fourth yeah, line. It's only your fourth line. so They're only playing eight minutes a night. Yeah, maybe. seven, eight minutes, depending on how the game goes. But It's the defense I'm worried about with, with Ottawa. Yeah. Um, I mean, Thomas Shabbat, like, he's good. Is he worth eight mil? I think no. he's, I think he is. I think, uh, I put him forward, in, I, I put him in more be... around like the seven. Yeah. I just I don't think... see him as like getting, he as like a true number one top defender. No, I don't think he's that, but I think for what he, the overall value he brings to the team, I think he's yeah, worth fucking that. Yeah, fucking slashing is... Hamannick in the face. <laughs> His own teammate. He he is an absolute workhorse. Every, in the past few years, he's always like he is, top yeah. five in the league in time played. He's he's a really good two way forward. Maybe a bit more focused on the defense, which generally you don't see from the number one defenseman. But you know, like you said, with the uh, the Ekblads, the Dahlins, maybe at some point he takes a similar ish step. Maybe not to that level. I think but the problem is, is he's already twenty six, so I think like yeah, the time for him to make that leap is, is kind of gone. Um, but you know, maybe you'll have a guy like Jake Sanderson make a make a leap up to the first line with him. It's possible, Eric. Somewhat soon, Eric Brandstrom maybe finally does. I mean, he's he was the really it was essentially it was Eric Brandstrom for Mark Stone one for one. Yeah, and and that I hate to say it, but that trade has worked out so well for Vegas, and Ottawa just got shafted so far. A couple more seasons like he's had, and Eric Brandstrom is 
really quickly going to turn into one of the guys that whenever his name's brought up, people are just going to say EA Sports franchise legend. Yeah. Yeah. Like, his claim to fame is I was medium elite once. Yeah. He made a lot of my teams. Yeah. Um... But yeah, if, like, if Jake Sanderson can take that next step and be the that, off, that's the, the X factor for them, if he can be the offensive defenseman they need, and they can just have Chikrin be a good two way defenseman and just chip in here and there and play good defense in a lot of minutes, Shabbat eat up minutes and be good defensively, then I think that puts him in a great spot. But that's that's asking a lot of a guy still on his ELC. Yeah, and that's the thing for me. Um, I th- I think they're again. I think they're in a very similar spot to, you know, I would I would lean more towards the Canadians than the Red Wings. Like I think the Senators are going to be very good in two years, maybe even next year, depending on what strides some guys take. But I think they're just asking too much out of their young guys already, especially certain guys. Um, I think they just got a little I, bit. I think they just need too, to. They got a little bit too excited about uh, uh, last summer. All of a sudden, it was we can spend money, and they made a lot of trades. And I think everyone just hyped it up so much that they forgot that they're still rebuilding. Yeah. Like they, they turned it around in an absolutely fantastic way. But you can't go from outside of the playoffs to cup contender in one summer. Like you. You need a bit of time to season these guys and just move those certain pieces around and make it all happen. You just you need that time for it to yeah. for it to fully develop. Yeah. And uh, I feel like some people are disappointed just because of the expectation they put on themselves. Realistically, I think they're on the right path. They're just people are expecting them to be where they should be expecting them to be next year or maybe the year after. Yeah, I I, com- I completely agree. Um, do you know much about their goaltender situation? I'm only seeing Jonas Corposalo on there. Uh, and then they've got Anton Forsberg, who who's on the IR, but it sounds like he'll be back for the start of the season. Right. Um, that that's also a big question mark. Is Corposalo in net? What what can he do? Um, he's he's I know got he's looked, the skill. We'll I know we'll he's, see if it shows yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. He's been right? a bit hit or miss as of late. Didn't he didn't play too many games in LA, so that's hard to judge. And then before that, he was on a bottom, a bottoming out Columbus team. Yeah. So it's really, it'll just be really interesting to, to see if he can put it together. Um, goalies are impossible to predict, man. Exactly it's, right. It's goalie voodoo. Yeah. Um. All right. Where Where do you have the Senators finishing? I'm assuming and we've we've got them in the same spot here. I'm, I've got them at at six. Outside the playoffs? Yeah. I also him. have Ottawa. It's, it's... Yeah. I kind of figured the more we started to go through, I'm like, we're going to have our top two are the same. I think as everybody's yeah. is. Um, Especially starting with Boston and Buffalo. Once we knew where those two were, it was like, okay, well, unless something's really out of whack, we're probably having similar lists. Yeah. Um, so to wrap, to go to find two teams, I'll let you pick. Because they both start with T. Who do you want to do first? Toronto or Tampa? Uh... Screw it. Let's talk about Tampa. We'll save. We'll save the big, the big news right. with the new signing. All right, all right. Moving on to the yeah, Tampa Bay Lightning. You're welcome, Toronto fans, for edging you on a little <laughs> bit longer, I guess. Uh, oh man, that's a lot of that's a lot of projected negative cap space. Yeah, negative six point nine mil. Nice. 
I'll, I mean, I'll just let you you get the ball rolling here. What do you What do you feel about Tampa Bay next year? Uh, fuck them kids. Uh, we don't want the draft picks, and we don't care about them. We we don't need them. That's not what we're about right now. Uh, we got we got the talent. It's it's just a matter of if we can get some of the new depth pieces to fit in properly. You know. I assume that first line, uh, just like last year, going to be Kucherov, Point, and Hagel. Uh, that line was great last year, and if Hagel can take a bit of a step forward, it'll be phenomenal. He put up 30 goals, I think 65 points, something like that, 64 points Locked in last now year. for an extension, like, that's huge. Yeah, I, I am so glad. Uh, Kelsey and I, my wife, we're going for our honeymoon in a couple of months, uh, about a year after our wedding, uh, we put it off a year and we're going down to Tampa and we're going to go see a game. And she has been saying that she wants to get a Hagel Jersey. And I've been, I've been wait- now I've been waiting every day. Cause I, I so badly did not want to get down there. And it's like, what if Stamkos got an extension and we don't have the room for Hagel? And she's like, I want this Jersey. I was like, I do not want to be that guy in the store being like, should you get this? Because who want, who wants to be doubting somebody when they're looking to get a jersey, right? Yeah. But now, like, that's going to be a no-brainer. Yeah, that, yeah, it's a as no-brainer. As well as just having him on the team. Like, he is, he is so good. He's so aggressive. Really good defensively, too. He set yeah. a record for the Lightning last year, uh, most takeaways in a single season. Oh, really? Yeah. He was, Shit. I believe, second in the league at the end of the year. He was first for a bit. I believe he got passed by Mitch Marner uh, near the end of the year. Mitch the bitch. Um, yeah, he's he's been great. Made Pretty quickly made it onto the first penalty kill line with Sorelli as well. Um, yeah. the I'm wondering who's going to play on that second line. Because obviously it's going to be Stamkos left wing, Sorelli center. And then from there, if Jano impresses, he could get there. Nick Paul could easily get on there. If Connor Sheary comes in as gangbusters, he could be there as well. I like Connor Sheary. I'm very he- excited to see him on Tampa. Maybe Barre Boulet might even get there. Because he, he's been trying to get on the team for years. And he is simply not the type of player who can play bottom six. He is not a play. He is a high octane forward, and that's the only way he knows how to play. So, so he ain't making the team then. So, yeah, it's either he you makes, can't tell me that's going to be a he, guy playing on Stamkos's line. I mean, his st- he's a great point producer. He's just abysmal defensively, and he doesn't. It appears that he doesn't. Is, I don't know if he's not willing or if he's unable to learn how to play that way. I just don't so, see him making the team at that rate then. Just not under Cooper. Yeah, the the only way I could see it is him being on that second line and maybe he just has magic with Stamkos and can score with him and Sorelli can cover his defensive faults. Yeah, maybe. Other than that, he's he doesn't play the way that we need our third or fourth line to play. Um, but yeah, you know, some of these other guys, you know... If, so many people crap on the Jeannot trade. Uh, I'm I'm still a fan of it. You know, I, do yeah, I? We, just, we do didn't I love, really get to see him last yeah. year. Do I love how much we gave up from? Of course not. Yeah. But I'm not I'm not sitting here being like, man, we. I really wish we had these picks. Like our 
picks don't mean a ton to us right now. We're trying to build up a dynasty here. Yeah. And Calfoot, I mean, he's already gone from Nashville. He's Yeah, I think despite with despite his I, I think he went got signed to a PTO by New Jersey yeah. or he got signed to like a two-way deal. Which his brothers there now, Nolan Foot. So yeah. they both go from Tampa to New Jersey together. Yeah, and I I'd be more than happy to see him make it work, but he uh, yeah he's he's very slow. He he despite his name being Foot, he needs to get his feet moving more. He yeah, hundred percent. It's it's tough. Um, the defense, I I'm interested I've to see no what issues. happens there. Like their defense is is rock solid, in my opinion. Yeah, Headman. Headman on the first line, probably with uh, Nick Perbix again. Nick Perbix came out of absolutely nowhere, was phenomenal for us last yeah. year. Great, he, he looked really great. Two way has a, a bit of a knack for jumping up randomly in the offense. Uh, Mikhail Sergachev had a breakout year last year again, and uh, him pairing with uh, Darren Radish in the playoffs was great. Darren Radish. Uh, you know, we we just extended him like yesterday for another two years uh, at nine seven uh, nine hundred seventy five k for those two years. Yeah, this dude just was steal. averaging like twenty six minutes a night in the playoffs. Yeah, that, that's a steal of a deal. That's that's gonna be great for us. And then you know, hopefully Chernak comes back from injury better than ever. He's almost always seemingly has some sort of injury. That's just kind of the game he plays. He's so good defensively. Zach Bogosian. I'm not sure where. So maybe Bogo. maybe Calvin DeHaan pushes Bogosian out. Maybe he pushes Radish out. It's. I think your third seven, pairing is seven probably going to be Calvin DeHaan and Darren Radish. And then I see Hayden Fleury and Zach Bogosian being on the outside. Yeah. Unless they have a really great uh, you know training camp in preseason. Yeah. I... Maybe Bogo gets something under him and he uh, really impresses there. I I don't see it coming from Hayden Fleury. He, whenever he has gotten to games, hasn't impressed me much. You yeah. Know. But uh, I, I really like the look of, of of Tampa Bay's team going next year. And then the goaltending, yeah. like, obviously no question. You've got Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky. doesn't even matter who the backup is really behind him. Yeah. I've heard uh, a couple people that have had... Uh, because we signed uh, Jonas Johansson uh, in uh, free agency, and uh, did he come from Colorado? Was it? Uh, I'm not. Even I heard sure, a couple actually. people, you know, kind of raising eyebrows. Apparently, I, I guess he's, you know, not that great. Um, so a little bit worried there. But I mean, if uh, if Hugo Alnafelt from the AHL can come up, uh, one one. Uh, player of the week a couple of times this past year with Syracuse. Uh, if he can take the next step and all he needs to do is come up and play 15, 20, 25 good games. Yeah. That's all it takes. That's, that's all we need. Um, yeah. We also signed uh, Austin Watson to a PTO pretty recently. He, he'll be a good 12th, 13th forward somewhere in there always need depth guys going into the playoffs so yeah if he if we can sign him on a two-way deal i'd be just fine with that yeah i mean yeah i, re- I really do like the look of 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 their team i think they've you know the 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 core is there the top pieces are there the depth is still just fine 
Um, the goaltending is is not even a question. That that's that's sound. That's solid. Um, and there's no contracts you look at and you're like, man, this one's bad. Like there's no contracts yeah. you can point and be like, this is a bad contract. Like they they're very well at at the, at constructing their deals. Um, but they they love their eight year deals, which is how they can get all these players coming in at a lower cap it and you know what they're signing them all in the prime of their career so there's nothing wrong with that in my opinion yep it's uh we got we got a couple of the guys you know like that clearly they're uh we've brought in and they're trying to replace other guys yeah. you know um like luke glendening is like the best comparable in the league to pierre edward belmar so yeah to bring him in you know a very defensive-minded two-way forward who's great in the face-off dot like they're very much the same player yeah uh yeah if yeah it's uh it's really one of those things of it's just one of those top teams that they can do it will they yeah exactly um well let's just rip the bandit off where we we know both of us either have them at one or two i know where you have them obviously uh, I'm assuming you have Tampa Bay at one. I have Tampa Bay at number two. Wow. Really? Yeah. Toronto has been great in the regular season in the past four, three or four years now. And, I mean, they loaded up even more guys over this offseason. And uh, Tampa Bay, more noticeably after the two cup runs... They, uh, they, as long as they're in a good playoff spot, like they're comfortably in, they let their foot off the gas mid-March. They don't, the guys are going into the corners a little less heavy. They're, they, they're getting ready for the big playoff push. Yeah. Where we're not competing for president's trophies. We're competing for Stanley Cups at this point. And yeah, I, I see us being a solid two. Fair enough. Two in there. Yeah, I, I, I flip flop back and forth between them constantly. Um, I was even, you know, just while we were going through Montreal, I was kind of looking back over Tampa and Toronto. Like, I just, it was so hard to decide. I ultimately did land on Tampa Bay at two. Um, my initial reaction was to put them at one, but just the more I kind of just let it marinate and build up, I was like, I don't know how I couldn't uh, go with Toronto for number one. You know, playoff. I th- is a whole different thing, but regular season, exactly. I, I do see yeah, Toronto finishing uh, number yeah. one in the division. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people don't look at it, Toronto as near an elite team as they are because of the lack of playoff success, but they are very consistently good in the regular season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, no, that's why everyone no makes so much that. fun of them for choking, because the expectation is they should make the conference finals every year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so moving on to the Toronto Maple Leafs, um, who, I mean, everybody now knows we have them ranked as number one going into next year. Yep. Uh, where, what, what do we got to say about them? Like, I, I, I don't, I don't want to sit here and jerk off the Maple Leafs too much because the media does it enough. Um, missing next year's first rounder, missing the next three years, second rounders. So they're, uh. They're running a little thin there. They got a couple extra picks, you know, two extra fifth rounders, an extra seventh. They got the Islanders third, but not their own this year. But uh, 
a big part of it is going to be goaltending. Yeah. Well, I guess before we before we dive in, let's talk about the big news. All right. All right. Let's get into it. Let's get. Let's talk about the big news. There's a reason we saved them till the end. I mean, they're already on on last alphabetically to begin with, but let's talk about it. Austin Cheeks Matthews. AM thirty four. What do we think of it? Three point two five for the next four years. The highest paid player in the league by a decent margin now over Nathan McKinnon. Well, going into next year, starting next starting year, next it, year. it is an extension, so they have yeah. Matt Wolf for one more year at eleven point six four and thirty four dollars because the agent is funny. Um, I personally think it's a pretty good deal. I think I think a lot of people are looking at this in a non a non COVID scenario. Uh, before it was, you sign a long extension and the money comes down because you're paying for longer, so the the average comes down a bit. Yeah, but in this scenario, they would have to pay him more to get eight years. Because the cap is going up so much, and he knows that. And that's why Austin Matthews said he wouldn't go further than a four-year extension. Yeah. Because he's betting on himself being phenomenal for five years, and then he wants to get paid more than 13.25 on his next contract. But he's like 30 30 or 31. 31. Yeah. So we're not going to ever, I don't think, we're never going to see an eight-year deal for Austin Matthews. Like there's no I way when he's 31 it. years old he gets an eight year deal. Yeah. I, I don't see that happening, especially I, I in Toronto. It. Not happening. Uh, um, but uh, they have for all the talk about is Austin Matthews going to leave uh, after it, it's been a, a talk since his like second year in the league. Yeah, uh, that's all. The put Leafs to have bed. successfully got him to stick around till he's 31. Yeah, yeah. All, all those rumors and whatnot is is put to bed. Um. Matthews is sticking around. I don't hate the deal. I think it's a little rich. I think that 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 that's, it's just one of those things where, I mean, th- like we talked about the other day, it's obviously now Nylander done. Yeah, there's yeah. no way he's sticking around in Toronto. No, now. they can't. They it's cannot not afford happening. it. Like you just, they can't make the money work. The Austin Matthews extension now kicks in. Right when they can start signing Tavares and Marner do extensions, both of those guys I see getting extended. I just I just don't see any room for Nylander anymore. Whether it's what on earth do you think a new contract for John Tavares looks like? I probably see like a he'll four year. He'll be signing the extension when he's thirty four, coming off eleven mil per year. Like I I see him signing like a a three or four year deal at eight mil probably. You think they give him that long with I, that with eight mil still? I mean, the cap will be going up, but I think that's probably where he where he rounds up. Mitch Marner, he's he could easily get up to thirteen. I think. I mean, if he if he continues to out outscore Matthews, outperform him, like goals aside, I mean, I don't know how you can yeah. make the argument for him being up there, honestly. But not, not ne- to mention, uh, Nylander's just the odd guy out now. Yeah, by that by that point, uh, when they're both signing their extensions, Drysaddle's going to have a new contract. He's probably going to be the highest paid player in the league when he signs for his. a year until the year after that. Then McDavid's going to get his. Yeah, 
So it'll be interesting to see where all of those land. But yeah, I think I think they're going to keep Nylander for the year. And he, I, I think they do a sign too- and trade in the draft next year or something. I don't. I just don't see them letting Nylander walk for nothing. I mean, so I how do you f- how do you do a sign and trade if the guy says, "I want to see if I can get more money," though? Well, that's the thing, though. Is so you talk to, um, whatever team, say Calgary, for example, and you're like, "Hey, you know," and they, and they, and they kind of talk about it with the player. Like when Kachuk went to did the signing trade with Calgary to Florida, he was already in talks with Florida and agreed to the contract that was going to be given and whatnot. So I mean, I'm just using Calgary as an example because I'd like to see Nylander Calgary. Yeah, but they talked to Kai and they're like, "Hey, what do you think for Nylander? We'll we'll sign him to eight years at ten million dollars. Would you be okay paying him that? And then here's the details of a trade we discussed. And then it's either yay or nay." Nylander can either say yay or nay because he could very well just be like yeah. no I'm not going to sign I'm just going to go to free agency like and then he holds all the cards there because yeah. he's, he's a UFA um, so I, I don't fully know how that whole situation is going to go um, yeah I think I think most likely they'll he's on too good of a contract and he's too good to trade him and when they're going go for a yeah, playoff push exactly they have to keep him for the for this next playoff run because and it's it's wild because Toronto you you can't talk about it like the regular season you just have to talk it's it's permanently the off season until you get to the playoffs yeah like it all depends on getting there and what you can make of it at that point yeah um but yeah I see most likely they keep them to there they do however good they do there and you know what if they win a cup there maybe he's like all right good shit boys let's do a sign and trade but uh most realistically i see him just walking after I, that. I, I could see that yeah but i mean look look at him right now like matthews and Tavares, your one two center punch on the right wing you roll with uh marner and nylander great one two punch and then the left side bertuzzi and domi another great one two punch that is such a that's and the then best top six they've had in years and then their depth i mean david camp <laughs> probably ever honestly yeah, yeah. Like and then, but even their depth, like David Camp, Yarn Crock, Ryan Reeves, Lafferty, Nyes, Gambrell, like yeah, Matthew Nyes was great last year. The, in the, the depth, the depth, the depth isn't out of this world, but it's still very, very serviceable, especially yeah. through David Camp and Yarn Crock and Yarn Crock was very. He more than held his own playing on the first line with Marner and Matthews. Like yeah. he looked like he belonged there. Yeah, like. I certainly better than uh, Michael Bunting was on that spot. Yeah. And then, you know, defense only improved, I think, in my opinion. You've still got Morgan Riley, TJ Brody, Giordano, Jake McCabe, Lilligren. They just brought in John Klingberg on a one-year deal. Um, I think he's going to go balls out to try and get... Uh, how, how tough is that for Klingberg? Dude, it's so hard not to talk about him and not bring it up, but... What was he offered? Was it eight? Was it seven or eight years at eight million a year? I think it was eight by eight. Yeah, he had an he eight by eight contract, sixty-four million dollars from Dallas, who's a and he perennial said, player. And he said, "No, give me a second. Let me cook, and I'm gonna be so good. I'm gonna get more money than that." And what contract is he coming off of in Anaheim? Was it four mil last year? He, he signed a one-year seven million dollar deal. 
Yeah. He got traded the deadline to Minnesota, and now he goes to Toronto on a one-year, just over $4 million. And he's 31. So he's, he's never going to get that $8 million, or that eight-year offer. Yeah, even again. if he somehow has an insane season and gets to eight, the eight mil, The most that team would offer him would, is, four, is four years. Yeah. And, and no team and will and offer that's him. that's even a stretch. No team will offer him eight mil. That's... For a, an, an aging Klingberg... That is generational money. Like, yeah. that is He, he that fumbled is the bag hard. Um, I, I do expect him to do quite well with Toronto. Yeah. I, I think their defense is fine. It's their goaltending I'm... He'll be great on their second if power play. On, yeah. It's their goal time if he on. Yeah. I mean, Ilya Samsonov is obviously the starter. You've either got Martin Jones or Joseph Wool backing up. I, Joseph Wool looked good in the games he got into. I've looked just, great in the AHL I'm last not year. sold on Samsonov as being a true, like, number one guy who plays 50 to 60-plus games, something like that, whatever it may be. Um I don't know. I think that's I think that's the area of concern for the Maple Leafs, and maybe they'll they'll you know I, make I think some it's adjustments almost more than on the fly defense, but. as assuming the goalies can stay healthy. Um, I think Sam Samsonov was pretty good last year. You know, it's not a massive sample size. It was one, it was the one year, but uh, he he did pretty good. Uh, just bring up his numbers here. I just don't think you can look at Ailey Samsonov and be like, that's the goalie that's that's gonna be the backbone of a team winning a cup. I mean, I wouldn't have I just thought that about Jordan Bennington either. I mean, who just won, the, the, thing who is, just won is, the cup is, with uh, is Bennington is Aiden Hill. just came in type of thing where Samsonov has been around for, for some time now. Especially like the Capitals let him go. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's... It, I think he's serviceable. I think he can get the job done to get into the playoffs. I just don't see him being a, a backbone of the team... Uh, yeah, going on the, and, and exactly, he's, and he's it's, on a good Toronto team as yeah. well. And like, it's hard, so the to, it's hard to tell. Skewed. Last year, he played forty-two games, twenty-seven wins, ten losses, five OT losses, a nine-nineteen save percentage. Like that's great. You could definitely win with a guy like that. But in the playoffs, an eight-ninety-eight save percentage. Yeah. So, you know, that, again, that's a, across their nine playoff games last year, and who knows how much is his fault? Maybe a bunch were, maybe none of it was, but. Uh, you know what you're saying does hold some weight there. He hasn't lit it up in the playoffs before. A uh, career in the playoffs, he's a 902 with only 17 games played. Yeah, it's. I think Toronto. I really do believe. Like as fun as it is to like shit on Toronto and be like, oh, like you know, all, all, all those narratives and whatnot. I do genuinely think they have a team put together that can go on a great run. It's just again, same thing every year. It's just. Coming up short in the playoffs, I think a big issue is Sheldon Keefe is not uh, a Stanley Cup winning head coach. He is a President's Trophy winning coach. He is not a Stanley Cup winning coach. Exactly. It really feels like that. Well, it's like she was just thrown onto a team with, you know, how many coaches can be like, yeah, my first time in the NHL being a head coach, I had fucking Austin Matthews, John Tavares, Mitch Marner, and Willem Nylander as my four top forwards. Like, yeah. He was just thrown onto a good team. I genuinely don't see him going to any other, like, you know, any other middle of the pack teams and making a huge difference. And so I think I think this is his last year with the Leafs. Yeah. I really do. I think he's only got one year left on his contract, anyways. And then I see them parting ways. But he I, was the biggest reason that Tampa won. Oh, sorry, that uh, Tampa Bay won game. Uh, 
Did Tampa Bay win game one or game two this past year? I, I believe it was game, game one. I, I believe that uh, it was game one. He, oh, yeah, because they shit stomped him. Yeah, it was like, I yeah. believe the final score was 7-3. And he just got, he got outplayed harder than any player on their team did. Yeah. He was the, we were swapping our lines so fast. We were line matching so well. And he, it just felt like he was just like, we're just going to play our game, let them do whatever. And then we just ran all over him with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He has to be able to be able to be proactive with his changes on the lineup. Yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, we, we do both have Toronto finishing number one in the Atlantic division. Um, wrap it up so i mean we don't really need to to do side by sides both of our lists consist of uh toronto at one tampa bay at two buffalo at three florida at four the bruins at five the senators at six the red wings at seven and the montreal Canadiens coming in at number eight last in the division so our only difference was that uh i had florida missing i have florida in the playoffs yeah and i have them missing in that uh, number four spot Right, so I guess uh, that'll that'll play into what's uh, what's going to be shown off in the next episode the next with the Metro Division Metro standards. Division, yeah, um, yeah. So just to to wrap up the episode here, I think we're going to continue on with the 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 polls that we've been going through. Um, I think we're doing the coaches one to wrap it up here. Um, do we, are we? What are we doing? Are we doing top ten, top fifteen? Uh, how many does it go through? I guess it would just be top 32. Yeah, because that's how many coaches there are. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can... There's it's a lot of the bottom teams in the league uh, at the bottom. Yeah, which so, is what I figured. So we can go through them if you want, or we could start at the top. Yeah, you know, just 20. start from 32. Just start rapid-firing. Like, I'm sure all of these aren't going to be yeah. outrageous. There's quite a few that I've personally never even heard of. I didn't... I haven't heard the name because okay. are you going to talk about a rebuilding team's coach that much? Yeah, um, We can just start from 32 and just work our way up to, yeah. to one. So uh, number 32, we got Greg Cronin on Anaheim. Uh, 31, Ryan Huska on Calgary. Uh, New guys, so we can't really say yeah. much on them. Uh, five, about 5% more picks than uh, than Anaheim's coach, and he, <laughs> and he hasn't even coached a game yet so yeah is that uh 30 spencer carberry in washington okay uh 29 luke richardson in chicago all right 28 david quinn in san jose yeah that's fair for him uh 27 andre turigny in arizona i'd maybe i'm a tad higher but it is what it is i don't hate him there uh, 26, DJ Smith in Ottawa. Yep. 25, Rick Tockett in Vancouver. Ooh, okay. Interesting. Uh, 24, Derek Lalonde in Detroit. Yep. Good old Gru. <laughs> uh, 23, <laughs> Lane Lambert in the Islanders. Yeah. Yeah, can't really make their room for much higher after last year. Uh, 22, Mike Babcock, Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, that, that, that's fair. He's still going off the the legacy as and and his career history, but also being like out of it for a bit, and he's on a shit team. So that, that's fair spot for him. Mm-hmm. I don't hate that. Uh, Twenty one, Rick Bonus. Babs, yeah, Rick Bonus. Uh, Winnipeg. 
Yeah. Uh, 20, Dean Evison in Minnesota. Okay. I'd maybe have him a tad higher, but... Uh, 19, Andrew Brunette in Nashville. Okay. I think I'm happy he got a new... He got another chance of being yeah. a head coach. I think I'd have him a decent bit higher. He was, he was the head... He Small was, sample size, though. I guess. Small sample size is the big thing when I go back to him. I'm like, I like him, but it's also, like, small sample size. That's fair. Uh, 18, Craig Barube in St. Louis. Okay. Uh, 17, Sheldon Keefe in yeah, Toronto. Too high. Too high. 17, you think, is too high? Yeah. What, what has he done? What, what, has he, what has he realistically done? All he does is sit on the bench and fucking just yap, 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 and cry and scream and throw temper tantrums. Well, yeah, but that's what, like like he's not, these, that's what everyone does outside the top 16. Where's his, where's his ring? Exactly. Doesn't have one. Yeah. So Sheldon Keefe got uh, 48.6% votes. Oh, the next guy got 50.07, so we're at the point where we're in the top half, which makes sense for number 16. Okay. Uh, 16, Don Granado of the Buffalo Sabres. All right. 15, John Tortorella. Torts. In Philly. All right. Uh, 14, Todd McClellan on the yeah, Kings. Yeah, Toddy Mac. I'd have him a bit higher. Oh, oh, you like the Mac, huh? I would have Todd McClellan higher. Uh, 13, Peter Laviolette on the Rangers. Okay. Oh, yeah, I forgot he's with the Rangers now. They just shuffle coaches every year. Yeah. Uh, 12, Jay Woodcroft in Edmonton. Too high. Yeah. I, Too I high. was wondering if you'd say that because... He just... Like, literally, I honestly could... I could go coach the Oilers and do just as good as Jay Woodcroft, in my opinion. <laughs> like, when you're fucking rolling with McDavid and Dreisaitl, like... It's, yeah, they're they're all you the really gotta do is be like they're go the out offensive there and do coordinators. Yeah, like they run the team. Jay Woodcroft is just the face behind the bench. Yeah, uh, number eleven, uh, Marty St. Louis on Montreal. I'd almost have him a tad higher. I I put I'm, 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 I'm like I'd have him probably nine, like not much higher, but I still have him in top ten. I yep. put him at nine. Uh, ten, Dave Hextall in Seattle. I actually like that. That's a good one. I'm very happy with that. Yeah, so we just got to 50% of the votes with uh, number 16. Number 10 there, uh, he was at 53.9, so not much of a difference. Jumping up to 60.3, though, so a big jump. Uh, number 9, Peter DeBoer on Dallas. Pete DeBoer, yeah. Classic I will say Petey. the biggest fucking problem with Pete DeBoer is his, his, his friends, his buddies, because every coach loves to just bring their buddies from team to team and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Like their assistant coaches. His buddies suck. Awful. <laughs> he really needs to get new friends. Yeah. I genuinely think Dallas probably could have won the cup last year if Peter DeBoer just said, hey, my friends suck. I'm going to bring in the best around me to help coach his team. Because Steve Spot cannot run a power play. Like, yeah. To save his life. So Peter DeBoer, I think, could easily be top five if he actually was able to just be like separate friends from business oh yeah we all know that one guy who uh, who he he himself is pretty good but he just surrounds himself with losers yeah and schmucks yeah yeah you're thinking of him right now you know you know who you're thinking of yeah that was that was that was to the audience oh okay i yes. mean you're probably thinking of some bums I, I, no I, I genuinely wasn't that's why i was kind of confused for a <laughs> sec i was like who the fuck who should i be thinking of? anyways continuing on we'll, we'll talk we'll talk about it after uh, at number eight, Paul Maurice on Florida. Yeah. 
at seven, Lindy Ruff on the Devils. Oh, Lindy got some respect. All right. Lind- Lindy's, All Lindy's right. getting up there. After the, I mean, he was good enough that he got the arena to chant that they were sorry yeah. at him. When was the last time that happened? Yeah. Uh, number six, Mike Sullivan on Pittsburgh. All right. Uh, number five, Jim Montgomery on Boston. Okay. We're in the top five now. Uh, number four, Jared Bednar, Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, three, Bruce Cassidy on Vegas. Okay. Bruce Cassidy. So, wait, so I'm trying to think. Who would want, like, I know John Cooper's obviously in the top two. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head who could be the other one. I'm just trying to think through teams and be like, ooh, that guy. Um, You're never going to get him. I'm just going to go through these. It's not that hard. I just don't believe in you. All the teams we did, them, 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 all the way through there. Oh, fuck. Yeah, of course. I just I just had to see the team. I'm like, I know. Wait, so it's... it's. I think they're going to have John Cooper as one and Rod the Bod as two. You would be correct. Number yeah. two, Rod Brindamore for Carolina. Number one, John Cooper at Tampa Bay. I don't even hate that list fully, honestly. No, it's... Like, there's a couple guys I'm like, are a bit out of place, but, like, overall... But, like, two or three spots. Yeah. Like, that's, it's not, that's like, a very nothing's good list, outrageously honestly. out of place. I don't mind that list. Yeah. I really don't. I... That might. one's better. That's the best list we've done. Easily. Gone through so far. I think I might have Jim Montgomery above Jared Bednar, but, like... Like, moving things one spot is nitpicking pretty yeah. good. And, I mean, how can you make the argument when, like, Bednar won a cup with the Avs? Like, it's... Yeah, right. There you one go. guy won a cup, the other one just put together the greatest regular season. Like, it's... I would still give the nod to the cup winner, I think. The guy who got yeah. it done. Yeah, you know what? That's... Bedsy. Perfectly fair. Damn, we got two Bedsies. We got Bedard and Jared Bednar. Two Bedsies in the league. One coach, one player. Um... Sure, I think we've been going here for a while, so I think this kind of wraps up uh, the end here for our Atlantic Division preview for, for the upcoming season. You got anything you want to add here before we before we pop off this one and Just start looking towards the Metro Division? We got, uh, we got Hagel extended. Uh, just hoping we'll get to Stamkos pretty soon, I guess. That's yeah, that would be the next one to look forward to. Stamkos and Nylander moves. What's going to happen there? We'll, one for one. We'll find out one day. But uh, thank you to everybody for listening um, and enjoying this Atlantic Division preview for the upcoming NHL season. Um, make sure to you know keep coming back to us, keep checking around, sniffing around, whatever you want to do, um, because next up we will be covering the Metropolitan Division. Thank you to everybody for listening, and we will catch you in the next one.